Hey, horror fans, if you are enjoying our podcast, please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We are talking about The Conjuring 2 tonight. So hopefully you watched it because we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be spoiling it. You spoiling. All of it. From the beginning All to the end. <laughs> Every moment of it will be spoiled. Up and down, side to side. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, no, I haven't watched it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You can like, pause this right now. <laughs> yeah. Go watch it. Then come back. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Take that advice and, and then you that. people had years to watch it, so don't be like, "Oh, no spoilers." That's just not going to happen. Well, what? I mean, fair enough. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people. Two years. Amazing. There's no compassion coming from that she, corner. She's so like, Mm-mm. you know what? You can bite me. Okay. No. So before we go into our recap. We can, I guess, do a quick little segment of what's new with you. Really, we recorded not too long ago, so I don't have much to Yeah, by not too long ago, share. she means two days Like, yes, the other day. Today. So not much well, really is going. Our, our summers are jam-packed, so we're just, like, recording on, like, as, yeah, any available moment. Yeah, <laughs> so we're just kind of, like, not even letting much time go between recordings. But, but I really feel like that's going to intensify our commentary. <laughs> yeah. The sacrifices we do with you I'll people. I'll certainly remember what I said the other day, like, a lot better than I would, like, a month ago. <laughs> well, usually by this point, we've been able to listen to the last episode. Yeah. That, too. I don't even it, know what we said. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so if we repeat ourselves, please do forgive us. I know. We have no idea. We're slaving uh, here. <laughs> We're done okay. to give um, you episodes. Yeah, or, you know, listen to us in the bath. You know, yeah. to relax. Yeah. Yes. With the bubbles like, and the, the, the bubbles. You're driving and the loofah. And the next crime. So it was good. And right. your, yeah. Your glass yeah. of wine. You can consider your, mm-hmm. your choices. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go first. It's pretty short. I um, went to Vegas with my boyfriend and we went, like, I had, we had, like, a, the regular list of stuff we wanted to do. Gamble, go see Cirque du Soleil. And I was like, I need to go to the horror movie toy shop called Nightmare Toys. And... Go buy everything, apparently. <laughs> I wanted everything. They have, like, so many awesome T-shirts and just, like, figurines and art and just, like, a ton of stuff. And, of course, I couldn't even remotely fit any of my purchases in my bag because I had picked out too much. So I just got everything shipped back to my house. And uh, we need to, like, put up a new shelf with all my <laughs> scary stuff that I got. I got, like... Um, Dracula pop figure. I got Pennywise. I got the older Pennywise, Tim Curry Pennywise. You I got, got two Jack Torrances. Two Jack Torrances. Aww. I got some prints that are like um, sketches. One's like of the Exorcist, and then the Bride, and then Frankenstein, and then of course two Pennywises. It's I thought like, you said you got prints. I'm like, got prints. why is he so print stuff at the Nightmare Me Toy too. Show? I was like, was he in any movie and I missed him? You know what? If they did, I would have got it. Of course, for sure. Yeah. But really, that's about it. I'm excited to get all my my dorky stuff. I really nerded out, and we spent like an hour just like I was. It was I was so excited. But anyway, what's new? What's new with you guys? (laughs) Um, I mean, I made a cake. 
That's basically yeah, for what the cake. Kind of, so I um I bake occasionally um, cakes for people uh, for special events and things like that. And so this was a a good friend of mine that I've been making cakes for her for years. Um, you know, I did her daughter's first communion and then her daughter's confirmation and I do her daughter's birthday every year and I've done a couple of her son's birthdays and then she's also had me do, she's the only one I've ever done a booze bottle cake for. Oh, she's wow. had me do that twice for, she'll have like co-workers birthdays. Mm-hmm. So one, one time it was a Fernet Branca bottle mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. another time it was Tullamore Dew. Nice. Um, but this was, she was uh, kind of co-hosting a baby shower with a bunch of friends and so she needed a baby shower cake and cupcakes. So Not a booze bottle. That's Not awesome. a booze bottle. I mean, that would be kind of mean to have your baby shower. Hours of booze that's not cake. for you. That's for us. Yeah, that's for later. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, when I they do play something... that, throw the pills at the mommy's face. Oh my god, that I've is never the best. Heard of that game. No, that was on Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I turned on my kids. It's like a that. legit game that they do. No, in the no, no, no. We I would should play. just make it. We should do that. Like I would do that. Game. Just yes. throw the pills. Throw the pills in mommy's face. Then yeah, have your kids play it. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then I can get mad because they have bad aim. Now go pick them all up and try again. Do it again. Gosh, get better. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I spent the the bulk of my time since our last recording was spent um, baking and decorating cake and cupcakes. Yeah, she brought over cupcakes and I ate one. I ate five. And my boyfriend ate two. That math doesn't add up. I only brought seven. (laughs) (laughs) I ate five. She's okay. Whatever. I don't know you, Lorena, but you lie. Yeah. No, I did eat five. Oh, at the 4th of July? Yes. I brought some tonight. Oh. I brought more tonight. <gasps> no, I can't. Fine. No. Okay. Maybe. You had five on 4th of July? <laughs> I did. I told you. I have five. I thought you were exaggerating. No, I had five. First oh, of all, I lied boy. to my kid and told him that they had um, oh, alcohol. So he, the <laughs> he whole night, he couldn't touch them. He was like, those have alcohol. I'm not going to eat them. And I'm like, yes. But I, I ate five. There was a lonely one that was just last in there for an That's hour. true. And that's like, true. You were doing everyone a favor by getting rid of it. Because nobody wants to take the last one. Because they knew I was eyeing it. I mean, my eyes were there. <laughs> you were just like sitting there looking at it. Like, mm-hmm. like, she's been drooling on it for the last 25 minutes. Nobody's no. going to eat it. My yeah, germs. No. So okay. Like, okay, well, since nobody's going to eat it. No. So is that what, that's what's new with you is spitting on cupcakes? Yes, I do occasionally spit on cupcakes and I will lick <laughs> them so I can eat all of them. Uh, what's new with me? Uh, I don't know, it's funny because you're talking about like opening fantastic things out of, you know, uh, coming out of the mail. I just opened my cat's inhaler chamber the other day and I was so ecstatic. Don't ask me why. This How do you give a cat an inhaler? We're going to find out. Um, I don't know. We'll see. If Is that like what they do to babies? They, yes. It's like a whole thing that goes over, goes your over your mouth. over their mouth. And yeah. then, you know, they have to, I mean, I guess they have to breathe. But then knowing cats, they probably like, I don't They know, just breathe. hold their breath until you take it away. <laughs> probably. They'll hold their breath. They're like, they will, yeah. And then give you a tiny middle finger with yes. their paw. And then they will poop on top of you in the middle of the night or pee and be like, oops, sorry. Now I'm having an asthma attack. <laughs> Do something, bitch. Do something. So, yeah, it was, it was really exciting. That's my loser life. Uh, also, I had to work all those days that we were uh, in between episodes. Yes, I do sacrifice myself for you guys. I know, I know. They appreciate it. I know they do. I know. I read all the emails that you guys don't send. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting. Still waiting. We got something for Mailer Demon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Which is like a super horror movie uh, ah, email address. Mailer Demon. Yeah. The okay. day that I get an email, I swear to God, I'm going to be like, yes. 
Let's frame it. Our one email. Well, you can email us at I'm not scared. You're scared at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't email us anything like rude or mm-hmm. like rude, like stuff about how you don't like us. Like, well, that's like know, I like on. Um, I don't mean that kind of negativity. Yeah. What is the? I don't need oh. that negativity in my life. I had enough. I have, I have kids. Enough. I, I have, have children. Kids. I'm a teacher. Like yes. what? <laughs> the thing that they say on that messed up is they say if you would like to give us compliments or suggestions for a future episode, those are the oh. only two things that they ask for. Sure. <laughs> yes. Compliments and accolades. Accolades and suggestions. Cash prizes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, gifts. Gifts. Horror movie. Nobel nomination. Exactly. Horror movie. Brad Figurines. Um, Mike yeah. Flanagan. Anything from you is acceptable. Oh, I have not oh, yes. talked about him in ages. I know. You, you were dying. dying. You did good. Oh. You did good. I've been holding it in, guys. Yes. So you know that. But if you guys don't like anything about the show, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. And Why family. are you listening? It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. You, know what? you don't need to share it. Just <laughs> keep it to yourself and just... Live Hold your on. life, okay? Yeah. YOLO. Just, just, no, just <laughs> live. Swallow it up and just roll with it. Just okay. go for it. Okay, let's go. Moving on. Katie is doing our Conjuring 2 recap this week. Or today. I'll just say for today. For today, yeah. We talked the other day. Okay, brace yourself. Um, Conjuring 2. Wait, what year was it released? Oh, it came out in 2016. Okay. um, And it is set in 1976. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the, the movie opens with a sequence of the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine, actually at the Amityville house, which, mm-hmm. you, as if you remember from the Conjuring episode, um, that was the teaser, or the little, little uh, what do you call it, Easter egg, you know, there uh-huh. at the very end. Um, right, Long Island. Of the first one. Yes. We gotta go look at a house in Long Island. Um, so that was the Amityville house that they were referring to in that movie. And then this one opens with... Um, the, the footage of a seance that they held at the Amityville house after the Lutz family had fled. Um, and so we see Lorraine kind of enters the spiritual realm and she's um, wandering around the house, you know, really kind of engrossed in the Amityville experience. But then she gets drawn down into the basement where she uh, sees what is a familiar figure, I think, to people who have seen a lot of these movies. It's just We'll just call her the nun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we learn more information and new names and stuff on down the road. But generally, you know, you know what the nun looks like. Scary as hell. Um, And so this is uh, Lorraine sees the nun down in the basement. And then she's also has a vision of something else that at this point we can't quite identify. It's kind of like a body in the shadow or a person standing in the shadows that has like some violent motion. And she's screaming um, and comes out of the seance at that point. Um, So then we go from Amityville all the way across the pond. Um, and we're in Enfield, England. Was it playing, England. like, The Clash? <laughs> London's calling. Oh, my God, I love that. That was so good. That whole moment yes. and the footage and everything, and then you, like, are popping into this, like, cute little 70s English grammar school. Um, and we meet... Uh, Charlie. Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Charlie. That's a way to throw back. <laughs> sorry, guys. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, continue. Sorry. <laughs> So in this adorable um, English grammar school, we meet the Hodgson kids, the oldest daughter, Margaret, and then the next girl, Janet, and then brothers, Johnny and Billy. Um, and then, you know, they're getting out of school. They head home where we uh, meet their mom, Peggy, who is just at her wit's end, typical single mom, money stressors, absentee dad, like really kind of struggling with life in general and her four children bursting into the house and making her life miserable. Um, we can all relate. <laughs> <sighs> I might, yeah. I might be editorializing there. <laughs> I think that was 
listen, asking Nadia, for cookies. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even a single mom. I don't mommy, know what I'm talking about. Mommy, <laughs> it was biscuits. horrible. <laughs> like, ah, we got no money for biscuits. I know. The woman needed cigarettes. I was like, excuse me. Please. If anyone needed cigarettes, oh, no. Peggy needs cigarettes. I was like, dude, you can't do it without biscuits. Oh, yeah. poor little Billy. <laughs> poor Billy. Poor stuttering Billy. Mm, poor baby. Um, uh, so after we've had this little glimpse into the Hodgson life, then we're back in America um, and we're seeing a TV appearance by the Warrens uh, regarding the Amityville um, situation because what's happened in America since that case is that they've kind of skyrocketed into fame once um, the Amityville events were declared a hoax. Um, so they, you know, go on this show to talk about it and they're kind of gotcha journalismed with a critic saying basically everything that Meredith said about the real Warrens last time is that they were charlatans and scads and, you know, everything was horrible people. Scallywags. Scallywags. <laughs> um, so they have their little confrontation on that TV show and that's, that's kind of setting that scene of what, what they're dealing with, um, with their fame and reputation and experiences in America while um, things in Enfield are kind of building up for the Hodgson family. Um, So back in Enfield, this is where we start to see the disturbances start of the the evil presences in their household. Um, You know, it starts small, like Janet wakes up in the middle of the night downstairs next to an old living room chair. Um, Another night, Billy eats too many biscuits before dinner and uh, gets up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water. And then meanwhile, Janet's talking in her sleep and Margaret hears a voice in the corner of the room and then... Billy sees a man in the chair, and then the fire truck is moving by itself, and then there's noises all over the place, and then Janet wakes up in the chair. Um, and then uh, we have another day where she stays home from school, because obviously she's not sleeping well with all these disturbances. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another kind of more intense, prolonged disturbance, her experience with the, the entity that's in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the only one there, so I think that's why that, that incident is a little bit more intense for her. Um, so all of this is going on for the Hodgsons in Enfield, um, whereas back in America, for the Warrens, um, Lorraine wakes up one morning and finds Ed working on a painting that turns out to be of the nun, which he says he's seen in his dreams, and she recognizes it as the um, vision that she had when they were back doing the seance in Amityville. And, um, you know, she's getting concerned, and she's telling Ed that they need to stop taking um, new cases. Um so now we're back in, in Enfield with the Hodgsons, and Janet has started tying herself to her bed at night so that she won't mm-hmm. go, quote, sleepwalking. Um, but, of course, stuff still happens in this one particular night. You know, the chair downstairs is rocking on its own. Um, and then, you know, Janet is hiding in her bed from the footsteps. She all of a sudden gets a huge bite on her shoulder, and hers and Margaret's bed starts shaking like mm-hmm. crazy. And so they run to their mom's room, and the mom comes in to check things out finds their homemade Ouija board Mm -hmm. under Janet's bed, which is obviously completely unrelated to everything. But when mom finds the Ouija board, she accuses them of scaring each other silly and waking her up in the middle of the night like she doesn't have enough to worry about. And at this moment, the giant heavy dresser goes flying across the bedroom and slams into the door. So Mm -hmm. now mom is a believer. And uh, the whole family uh, runs out of the house across the street to the neighbor's house. And they call the police. Uh, the police come. They kind of hear noises. They're checking into it. And they're, you know, obviously thinking, oh, these people are uh, paranoid or they're, you know, it's, it's, there's a reasonable explanation um, until they see a, a dining room chair go sliding all the way down the hall and then make a 90-degree turn and go right back into the kitchen. And their response is to suggest that Peggy contact the local priest, mm-hmm. which is, you They're know. like, this is out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> we can write a report. We'll swear to what we saw. But that's all we can do. Call the priest. <laughs> Call the priest. <laughs> 
Have a good day. It's witches. <laughs> it's the devil. Hi. You're not a remake. It's witches. Demons. Here's your ticket. Okay, so now we're going to pop back to the Warrens in America. And uh, Lorraine and Judy are just having a nice little afternoon in. Um, Judy gets up and, uh, you know, standing in the hall. And Lorraine walks over. And what is it? And she's like, who's that? And there at the end of the hall is the nun just standing there and makes a little casual turn and walks down another hallway. Um, and so then Lorraine kind of has a prolonged interaction with the nun at that point. Um, and then she does end up during that interaction kind of transported back, um, spiritually into the basement of the Amityville house. And she sees that vision that the first time was kind of unclear to us, um, that was actually Ed's death. It's, it's, you know, he's standing there and all of a sudden this giant just kind of like looks like a massive dagger plunges through his body from behind, like through his heart and kills him. Um, and as she, as this, she's coming out of this trance, she's, um, Lorraine is violently scribbling something in the pages of the open Bible that she had been reading at that time. Um, so, okay, popping back to London now. The uh, Hodgsons have gone public. They're on the television. We have our gentleman, Morris Gross, who's the investigator that completely believes them and wants to find proof of the supernatural. We have Anita Gregory, who thinks everything's a hoax and she's denying and there to disprove everything they claim. Um, they do a TV interview during which Janet uh, kind of becomes possessed and starts speaking in another voice. And that's where we meet kind of the persona of the, the evil, which is Bill Wilkins. And we learn that he's an old man that used to live in the house and that he actually died in the chair in the corner where all the weird stuff keeps happening. So that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um and so at this point, the family, um, the whole Hodgson family is staying over at the neighbor's house. And on um, one night, Billy sees the crooked man in their house, which is, you know, one of the scarier um, apparitions that the evil takes, in my opinion, in this movie. And mine um, too, mine too. Yeah, it's and uh, after mm -hmm. he's terrorized by this and everybody's awake coming down the hall, they realize this crooked man that Billy had seen was actually Janet. And she makes the fire screen fly across the room and everything. So we can see that the possession of her is, her is really escalating at this point. And so the... Um, at that point, Peggy and Janet move back into their own house across the street um, because Janet is being plagued to this extent and the rest of the family, the Hodgson's still stay with the neighbors. So at this point, all the information has come to um, the Warrens in America. The church has come to them and kind of talked to them about this story. And they say that they're calling it England's Amityville. But the church is really nervous about getting involved in another situation that would turn out to be a hoax. Mm -hmm. And so what they're asking is for Ed and Lorraine to go and just observe the situation and report back before the church actually got, gets officially involved at all. And Lorraine is really resistant, you know, because she's still she's had this this vision um, and she tells Ed that she has had a premonition of his death. Um, and then we also learn that um, I think it, it's in the first conjuring and some of the footage that they're showing in one of their college tours of an exorcism that they had done in the past mm -hmm. of Frenchie, who's someone we meet late in a later mm -hmm. movie. Um, she had this vision of Ed's death back then, too. So she's mm -hmm. had this multiple times. Like, if we keep doing this, this yeah, is going to be this is what is going to happen. happen too. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so she's really trying to convince Ed that she doesn't want to do this. But Ed, you know, being the pushy bastard that he is. Uh, He's a sweet <laughs> We're here to do... Lord's God's job. work, God's I'm work. telling you, have um, to do it. And he swears up and down that they'll just go to observe. They won't get involved. They're just going to observe and report back. Like, my ass, Ed. It's like me going Who to Who do you think bacon. you're fooling? I will eat just one cupcake. <laughs> I promise. I'm going to just have one glass <laughs> of wine. I'm going to open this cupcake. bottle and have one glass just and then one. I'm going to cork it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so Ed and Lorraine head a- across the pond. Forgive me for using that phrase again. Um, and, you know, do observe. And they, they meet the family. They um, check out the house. Uh, they learn that, you know, the girl's bedroom, uh, Janet and Margaret's bedroom at the house, is kind of the center of all the dis- disturbances. And so the family keeps it chained shut. Um, and they let them in to look around. And they see that all the walls are just covered in crucifixes that uh, families in the neighborhood have all donated. And Peggy's nailed them all up in that room to try and help, which, of course, it hasn't. Um, and so at this point, you know, Ed and Lorraine decide that they do kind of believe that this, this stuff is legit and they want to, um, uh, gather evidence to bring back to the church. And so they do, um, a test to see if, uh, Janet can channel the voice with water in her mouth. And so she takes, you know, a mouthful of water and then nothing will happen. And she spits it out and she says, he says, you can't do Well, you're all looking at me. So they all turn around and she takes the water in her mouth again. And Bill does come through and is speaking. He and Ed have a, you know, a lengthy conversation um, through through Janet. And at the end of that conversation, there's kind of this odd, stilted statement from Bill that doesn't really make sense. It's like a garbled thing that we don't know what he's saying. Um, And so they feel like, okay, well, this is we're we're starting to get somewhere with this evidence. and then, uh, ooh, we have another really scary evening where um, Janet goes to sleep and she wakes up stuck to the ceiling of the, the living room downstairs and sees Bill sitting in his chair. Um, he then goes upstairs and while she's still stuck to the ceiling, he pulls her through the ceiling, which then puts her inside the locked bedroom that has the chain outside on the door. And as she's looking around, all the crucifixes on the walls slowly rotate to become inverted crucifixes. Um, and so Bill attacks her in the room and, you know, Peggy and Ed and Lorraine are all trying desperately to get into the room, but it is, you know, uh, chained up. And so that's taking them some time. And Peggy does see Bill's face through the gap, um, in the door before they're able to get it open. And so she, you know, believes that there's something in there with Janet. And when they finally do get into the room, Janet's being strangled by the curtain and they're able to, you know, rescue her from that. Um, so at this point, the Warrens are kind of debating the legitimacy still with our friends Morris and Anita. Morris, who believes, Anita, who doesn't. And the Warrens say that they believe this stuff is happening and they plan to continue to collect evidence on, like, a more advanced level. Um, and so they have, you know, the cameras and the microphones and the whole team out, like, kind of like, you know, more like in Conjuring 1. Mm-hmm. And there is another uh, disturbance that they do record. And at the end of it, they find Janet inside this kind of, it's like the closet with like the water heater or something. And she's mm-hmm. kind of twisted and stuck and stuffed in amongst these pipes and appliances and everything. Like, mm-hmm. how could she have possibly gotten in there? Mm-hmm. Um, and while she's stuck in there, she's still, you know, possessed. And there's another kind of stilted, garbled statement from her that they get recorded, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, But this whole plan to get uh, evidence with all the cameras and everything backfires because then Anita informs them that um, they got footage through the kitchen window. um, The camera was in the backyard of Janet actually faking this most recent incident of a disturbance. And so the Warrens kind of reluctantly leave because at this point they're like, there's nothing that we can do. The church will take one look at this and, and, you know, say it's a hoax and pull us out. Um, And after they're gone, Janet tells her siblings that Bill, the evil, um, made her fake it so that the Warrens would leave or he threatened to kill her siblings if she didn't make them go. Mm. So now Ed and Lorraine are sitting on the train. How are they going back to America on a train is my question. Is this a train to the airport? They have superpowers. Okay. Anyway. They can do whatever they want. They're going back home to America via train. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And they're sitting on the train waiting for it to leave. And Ed has, you know, just kind of this epiphany. And he takes the recordings of the two garbled messages from the two separate incidences and realizes that if you play them at the same time, they alternate words to um, create the statement, help me, it won't let me go. Um, And at this moment, Lorraine has this like violent vision um, that it's actually the demon nun that has been manipulating the spirit of Bill this whole time. It wasn't really Bill that was the evil um, that was making everything happen. And in this uh, vision that Lorraine has, Bill tells her a riddle that goes, I'm given and taken. I was there at your first breath. You didn't ask for me, but I'll follow you to your death. Um, And as the Warrens are rushing back to the house, um, they solve the riddle and that the answer is the name. And so they realize that the demon's name is is what will help them defeat it, but they don't know that they know it. I mean, they must, but they don't. So back at the house, Janet is, as I wrote, whole hog possessed now, like, you know, Mm -hmm. levitating Mm -hmm. the green eyes and the evil. It's just awful. (laughs) And she's got everybody barricaded out of the house um, when Ed and Lorraine arrive Um, they're breaking back into the house to try and get to her and help her and they get separated um, and Ed goes ahead and at this point Lorraine realizes that um, it was the demon's name that she wrote in her Bible um, during the earlier trance that she had back in America so she goes and grabs her her Bible and finds that the demon's name is Valak Um, before and as she's outside with her Bible she's lightning strikes a tree that's in front of the house and she sees that the broken Um, remainder of the tree in front of the house is forming the shape that she sees pierce ed's torso in her vision and so she now she realizes this is the moment that she um had been warned about of ed's death and so she manages to um you know get back into the house and she's trying to get to them ed finds janet in the bedroom and she's about to jump out of the window that is just above the jagged tree and he grabs her and keeps her from falling but then he's falling and all he's got is one hand on the curtain and he's slowly, the curtain's pulling free. Um, Lorraine arrives into the room, but of course the demon Valak is there and trying to stop her from saving them. But since she knows the demon's name, she's able to expel it. And then she keeps Ed and Janet from falling the rest of the way out the window. And everybody's happy and safe. <gasps> Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> Everyone's safe. <laughs> Woohoo! Love it. So that is Conjuring 2. So who thought it well was scary? Done. Well done. Thank you. Um, Lorena, you'll go. But everything that we watch is scary to me. I just love to be scared. <laughs> You're the opposite of Meredith? I love it. I mean, like, I'm so the opposite every time. I love being, I love it. Uh, it's funny because as I was watching it, I think I watched The Conjuring 1, and then I watched something else. So this was like my third movie on a road at night. So it was kind of like waking up. Sleeping and waking up, and I do remember that wake. I woke up right when the nun is the whole nun scene. That nun, that nun is. And I swear that I was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, I'm home. Okay, let's go back. And it will. I, I had to stop conjuring too because I will fall asleep and then wake up and just like the most horrific. Time. I woke up <laughs> right with the crooked, crooked man. man I was like, yeah. I was like, after that, I was like, you know, I'm probably you know, like waking up at like innocuous calm times. Yeah, not so when they're like, all happily decorating no, the Christmas tree. No, no, no. I was like, oh shit, I can't do this anymore. Um, and then I was just like, that's it. Good night. After the crooked man, I was just like, no, well, then I finished watching it. Um, 
I really enjoyed, I mean, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, this is scary. I thought that it was actually thinking as a second part of a of a of, you know, follow up of a movie. It was really good. It's yeah, because at that point so, it was just a sequel. There hadn't yes. been all of these so movies. It does a standalone. You yeah. know, I think it's I think it's good. It's not one of those like you know the second one was just done in a rush. It was good. I I enjoyed being um, all the scenes were kind of like original. Even though you look back at them and you know that, you know, following movies have repeated the same kind of chemistry, the scenes and how it moves. But at that time, it was once again, you're waiting for that jump scare and it doesn't come, but it comes from someplace else, which I truly um, appreciate about the director that he actually did the work. Um, Really interesting, too. He took the time to look at all the details because, as I will tell later on, there's a lot of film and a lot of pictures and a lot of recorded material of this house the girls and the rooms and he actually went to the extent of just going through every single little detail in the rooms the same posters and everything so i i i, I really enjoyed the movie i watch it through like you know different eyes not screaming my way through it so <laughs> it was or good. sleeping or taking cat naps taking little cat so i did and like you guys will find out I'm always scared but that's why I love horror movies because I love being scared what about you Meredith this movie's not my favorite boo well, uh, <laughs> I don't know I um <laughs> It's funny because I thought it was very scary at first, and I was like, that was so good. And then um, I watched it, like, another time, and I was like, mm, yeah, it was okay. I don't know. I think there are a lot of very well-written and scary moments. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wrote down a few of them, like, um, of course, when Janice is at home. Or Janice or Janet? Janet. Janice Janet. at home, and she's sick and just trying to live her life watching Monty Python. <laughs> and Monty, then... Everybody and the spirit keeps putting the damn queen on the... No, Margaret Thatcher. Thatcher. She keeps, she keeps putting I Thatcher on the TV. I want to watch Changing so the station <laughs> to the Iron Lady back and forth. And she was just trying to watch something and then um, the the storm and it's gloomy and yucky out and then the, mm-hmm. the lightning knocks out the, the signal altogether and she's trying, trying to get it to work and then you see his image in the rocking chair and you're, she's kind of looking behind her mm-hmm. at the chair and all of a sudden his face is just going like right there next to her going my house like <sighs> that is one time where I was like uh, like I did a little <laughs> bit of a jump <laughs> everyone knows who's listened I don't get scared so I'm just like if I do this uh, like everyone else might have a heart attack and <laughs> yeah probably was dying possibly under the bed or something yeah, you know, I was just about to say I wish I, I have never seen that happen but I've been there I'm just too busy screaming at top volume that yes. I miss her a little like uh, like yeah. drowned out by our reaction yeah no it is I, horrible. I can do it for you now where I'm like <laughs> what about it <laughs> yeah again it just looks like you have the hiccups <laughs> it yes. does yes I had a hiccup and then I love, I mean, um, Valak. I mean, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I remember, um, I realized on this, like, I think this is my third or fourth watch, that there is, uh, when she's, like, dreaming, having that vision, there's, like, 
letters around in their house, Ed and Lorraine, their house, and mm-hmm. it says Valak. It has a yes. V and all that stuff. I did. So stop I was like, and oh, that's oh, cool. I've like, never I didn't notice that. that. I and I've seen it like five that. times. Now I got to go back and watch it again. Well, I, I didn't notice it before, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." But um, I guess just like little tiny little stuff, yeah. eggs, little stuff from things. the mm-hmm. director. So I thought that was pretty fun. I mean, to be honest, though, I really do like the villain of not like, but I found I find it pretty interesting and mm-hmm. scary. It's Valak like or Bill Valak. Yeah, because um, poor Bill, he's just poor trying Bill. to like. He's like, I'm just really dude, I'm just trying to leave this place because it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I came to see my family and they're they, not they're here. Gone. They're gone. Like, I don't even I know these people. <laughs> I really want to leave. <laughs> I want to go. Just but she's a great, she's me. a great scary demon, and it's. It's crazy that it takes the form of um, a religious figure that, yeah. you know, you yes. would usually trust. And well, because, yeah, Lorraine says that it does that, you know, to to mock her her faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at the yeah. end, when she's expelling it and she's, like, giving him, like, Valak, all of his, like, demon titles, one of them is the Profaner. The mm. Profaner, yeah. Well, I like that um, title. Yeah. Should we call you, Lorena the, the, Lorena, Lorena Profaner? The Profaner. Yeah. Banana, banana. Yes, I like that. It's like, call me the Um, profaner. But then I forgot the very, very beginning. I love the seance and the Amenyville and Ronnie DeFeo Mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, I loved that book when I was a kid. So, of course, I find that compelling. It's not my favorite in the Conjuring universe. We'll talk about, Mm -hmm. we're going to do Annabelle. But, I, yeah, I just love I love that better. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We will forget I'll see this myself time. out. <laughs> this, is, this, is this is my is house, house, by the way. <laughs> my house. <laughs> my house. I'll scream at you. Um, so I guess let's move on. Do I get to say if I think it was scary? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Don't. I don't, don't really, have an opinion. You, you don't care what I think? I mean, no. enough from you. I get okay. it. I get it. <laughs> Yep. Now you go ahead. What what do you think? No, I, I mean I, I agree with you know everything Lorena said. I agree with all the things you said except the the boring part. But um, <laughs> except the boring part, <laughs> I just well, you know I, I just heard static in my ears when you were saying that part. Um, but the one thing that I wrote down that I thought was an example, kind of what you said, Lorena, about the the building of tension. I feel like you know especially with us being so used to movies now that rely on the jump scares then you get the movies that give you that long drawn out moment where you're braced for the jump scare and then it doesn't come Mm -hmm. and you if you do that repeatedly throughout the movie then your your entire body tension just continues to build as the Mm -hmm. time goes on and the example that I love about it is when before when Billy wakes up in the middle of the night before he sees Crooked Man and he's getting the drink of water and he's standing at the kitchen sink and you're seeing him from outside through the kitchen window mm-hmm. and it's framed where hit the kitchen window with Billy in it on, is to the right and on the left is just another window into an empty black room uh-huh. and we don't really I mean now that I'm thinking about the layout of the house that was like I don't know the hallway that's next to the kitchen but there's nothing in the and it's this prolonged shot and so you're just staring at that window of blackness waiting for, for a something. face to appear or something to happen mm-hmm. because it's so deliberately showing you this empty mm-hmm. window and it n- nothing ever nothing happens. Never happens. The moment yeah. just ends, and then Billy starts to go back upstairs. And so it's mm-hmm. like there's there's lots of moments in it where you have this like build up and this offering of like ooh like look over here we're showing you this long hallway to the Something's side of these people happen. but nothing does and mm-hmm. that just like causes the tension to build cumulatively over the course of the movie which yeah. I think is really cool. Yeah. Kind of like real life. 
I don't know <laughs> what you're, you're talking about. But you're a little bit creeped out, and you're, like, walking around, and you're like, oh, and then nothing happens, and then you're like, oh, I'll just go, I'll go back to my room. Yeah. Oh, so that means that you don't fine. wake up and, like, just scream your way to the bathroom at night, and you scream your way back just in case there's something in the hallway. Ah! See, we had our power go out last night while I was in the middle of this. Like, my rewatch of this, I was working on it last night, and our power went out. Not our whole block, just our house, because we're still figuring out how to um, charge the car properly. Mm -hmm. And our old house uh, circuit board and and everything is just not... We're still figuring it out. Um, And so we, you know, blew, like, every breaker we had to the point where we couldn't even flip them back and... Grace had, my daughter had been showering and the moment she turned the water off is when the lights went out. (laughs) And she's, you know, my horror movie junkie, so like, she's freaking terrified and we were like, we can't get the lights back on and I had to like, uh, it was just, it was a bad moment for the power to go out. Oh God, I can imagine it. I would have been in the corner. Bad timing, right? (laughs) Bad timing. Sorry, Grace, can't help you. I'm screaming. I'm screaming. I'm 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 running down the street screaming. Goodbye. I'm rocking myself in the corner, just like, ah. Okay, Lorena did research on this actual haunting or poltergeist. Poltergeist. That's what it's called. The poltergeist. The poltergeist. Well, so I, of course, you know, there's always like a lit, there's always a true story. And I think that that's why I kind of like the Conjuring universe, because you do find a, a little bit of a true event, you know, after each movie. And um, I, I, I like, like, you know, watching and reading all these things about, like, you know, things that I didn't know. Because to me, like, a haunted house was Amityville, and then I figured out the parent people had it, you know, and there were, there's like, that you know they were the hauntings and possessions that I had no idea. So actually, I'm, I really enjoyed this part of like looking up stuff. So um, the really interesting thing about this case it's because it's known as the Enfield Poltergeist case, and it's supposed to be the most witness and valid paranormal case of a hunting ever recorded. But at the same time, it's supposed to be the biggest hoax. So you have like people that said it was real and people said that it's a hoax, equal parts. Um, we all know the um, the hunting secure uh, at the Hudson family home in Enfield. It's a borough in London, in England, between the years of 1977 and 1979. Peggy, single mother of four, um, tells the story that she was one night just in her bedroom and she responded to loud noises on the daughter's bedroom right so I'm my head I'm thinking like okay the poor woman is here she hasn't had a cigarette because, <laughs> because she forgot to buy the goddamn biscuits because there's no biscuits and then these children are you know making all this ruckus I can just totally hear her screaming you know it's past your bedtime right probably yell a couple of times got out of the of the couch and then went into the daughter's room and in the daughter's rooms and this is Margaret which age 13 and Janet age 11 she goes into the room and what she says is that she hears them screaming and as soon as she comes in and tries to yell at them to just be quiet or that she's you know she's gonna end them the drawer <laughs> moves to the um to the door and it just like slams the door that's one of the things that she said so after this happened she calls the uh, of course she calls the cops and they come in and they do the investigation running around the house and they actually see, they said, you know, they, they saw the chair levitating, moving and levitating. Um, and there is a 
snippet of the interview with the real cop, the real, you know, English cops are saying the same thing. The bobbies? The bobbies. <laughs> well, they were not bobbies because they didn't have the funny little hat. But I was like, okay, I'll give you that. And they actually, you could actually see it. It's like, yes, we were there. Yes, we saw the chair levitate. We didn't believe it. And then we put a... Um, a ball on the ground. It didn't move, so we left. And I'm like, mm, okay, that's great, you know. Thank you for helping, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really, it's like a, I will read the stuff and then I will go on YouTube and you can find it, all the stuff on YouTube, which is like really amazing. I really enjoyed it. And then after they came in, she's like, okay, what am I going to do? Obviously, she's not going to call a priest. So she goes like, I need help. So somehow a reporter gets into the house. And I'm sorry, but this is just cracking me up. So a reporter comes, he has a photographer and while they're in the house and she's telling them everything that happens in the house just moves, just does this, like a Lego piece hits the photographer in the eye. And I kid you not, I cannot imagine how Lego didn't use this. Like imagine that, you know, you're alive and dead children can play with this. Lego! (laughs) I'm sorry, but I was just, I had the commercial in my head, you know, there's a ghost and there's a child, they're playing together, two worlds collide. Well, that was it. that had to be pretty. How long have Legos been around? Forever, obviously, right? Like forever. So yeah, a, lo- a long time. I don't know. So they weren't long fairly long. new in the mid seventies. No, I guess not I because they were there. Oh, so. I don't know. I'm not a Lego historian. No, so. no, neither. And if you are, know. keep it to yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, email us all about Legos. No, no, email Katie. I just I had to stop and I just couldn't start laughing because in my head of course I just came up with all this uh, you know commercials of dead people alive people and Legos anyways so (laughs) whatever keeps you going Lorena I know obviously you know my imagination just runs so after all this happens reporters come from the mirror and you know everybody comes in then the daily mirror yes oh god the best newspaper Ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> so legitimate and always after the truth. Well vetted. I am <laughs> telling you. So then after all this happens, uh, Maurice Gross and Guy Playfair show up to the house. And these are two gentlemen that are part of the Society for Psycho- Psychical Research. And I love these two guys. I'm sorry. They came in and then decided, I we're going to investigate this. And by investigating means that they move into the house and live with the family for 19 months. What? Yes. They just said. <laughs> really? They were just con men and this is how they got to live in yes. people's houses? You know what? You're right. Because I think they were turning on the haunting after that. It was just like they took it so seriously. that I'm like, like, we got a hunting in a bigger house in a yeah. nicer neighborhood. Yeah. No, have no more son. Like, <laughs> man, just move in for 19 months. They were And they were so proud and so gung-ho about the whole thing. I was like, yes, we're going to be there. I don't know if I could do that. So according to them, the witnesses around 2,000 incidents of active of activity. Um, some of them, of course, were moving furniture, fires to start for no reason, um, water filling inside cups, which I think it was like really handy, right? Fill my cup. Um, yeah, it's like, don't I have this voice activated, like Kohler faucets now? Yeah. Where you're oh. like, Kohler, dispense 44 millimeters of what, not milli, milli, milliliters. Milliliters. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be British for this movie's sake, but it's not working. <laughs> it's not, I can't go metric. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, but then I was thinking, like, why couldn't it be something else other than water, coffee, tea, wine, gin, vodka, <laughs> right? But of course, look, it's not my goat, so I can't complain. Uh, and then there was. It was mm. interesting because they were starting hearing voices. It was. Uh, it was. 
voices, but then it was also barks. There was like a, do a dog barking and some whistling, which I was like, okay, this is the first time I heard a dog and whistle bark. But you can yeah, actually hear noises it. that you couldn't possibly explain away in yeah. a suburban neighborhood. I know. I'm like, dog barking? What? And I've a never whistle? heard a dog before. I was like, that's crazy. crazy. It's a hellhound. <laughs> they were there for 19 miles. Give them credit. It's witches. <laughs> <laughs> It's the devil. <laughs> People got all this, uh, all this um, information. And the good thing is, and the interesting thing is, you can actually see everything on YouTube. You see the interviews. You see the recordings that they made in the house. There's pictures. There's them, you know, talking about everything. So um, it was, it was quite, it was quite interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, so anyway, so these guys were there for 19 months and they really believed, these two guys were like really believers that this was actually something that it was really true. They did think, okay, maybe some of it is the girls exaggerating, but we think that most of it is really true. There were people that came in and debunked them and they said, well, you know, your equipment was malfunctioning, this happens. Um, this is something that you didn't take in, in account. So overall, they didn't really believe that what happened was 100% um, genuine because there was a lot of like a technical uh, kind of oopsies. Uh, well, it was the 70s. I mean, it was Jesus the 70s. That was, um, I did the part where Patrick Wilson has that like giant camcorder on his shoulder. And he's like, yes. it's so small and light. And I was like, you couldn't get like an injury or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, it's sciatica. It's, it's something that like, you need a harness, something attached there. So um, it was interesting because they, um, what they were saying is like, um, what they were saying is like, you know, all of this is in film. However, if you dissect all the films and all the pictures, you can actually explain every single thing, which what they answer. Well, it was 2000 episodes. We were not really around all the time, uh, but they did record uh, not record, but they did witness um, Janet bending, trying to bend the spoons. That is one thing that for sure they saw it and they talk about it. That's like, yes, we saw her trying to uh, bend the spoons. Trying to or succeeding? No, they, she was trying. She was trying because she they actually saw her in the next room trying to do it manually. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, they also later heard from the girls that they were like, sometimes they were like use a broomstick to actually kind of like bang on the walls or bang on the doors and making all that um making the ruckus so they according to them it's like yes there were occasions that they were trying to pull our leg but most of it was uh real that's what their what their story is and they're still sticking to it one thing that i did find interesting and you can actually see is the real interview of the two girls and Maurice grows when he's talking to Janet and is asking her about Bill. Mm -hmm. And he's asking her, hey, can you have him come out, right? And I'm watching the whole thing. And it's like a 15-minute interview. And I'm watching the whole thing. And you can see, of course, they're like being 13 and 11, fidgeting and kind of like, you know, oh, shut up. Oh, don't say that. Oh, this, that, that. And then all of a sudden, you know, like Janet just goes into the deep voice and raspy thing and just a couple of things and then he's like oh so what is that and he's like she's like oh i don't know he just sometimes he just comes out and, and talks and you know he's like should we ask him and he asks you know can you talk to us and she's like oh he doesn't want to do it haha -ha. 
And then after a couple more sentences, then she does another two or three words again. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm watching the whole thing and I'm thinking, this is not a possession. This is not, I mean, I'm thinking like the kid is probably a ventriloquist or something like that. Mm -hmm. The sad part is according to him, he says, no, this was not the only episode. We, she did it for three hours and it's impossible that a person can do this low raspy voice for three hours without destroying their vocal cords. But there's no proof. Again, there's no proof other than what he said. have they not met James Hetfield? No, they haven't. I guess not. So he's like, no. So I feel bad for them because they did spend 19 hours, 19 months. I'm thinking maybe they just hated their wives. Uh, But... (laughs) It's, we're moving in. We're moving in. There's another hundred. There's ghosts. We saw the kids totally messing around, but we're That's not giving it. up because I, I don't want to go back to my family. Um, no, I don't. I think you're still haunted. Um, one thing that I did find super interesting was that, yes, he, she, um, she talked about Bill, right? She talked about Bill. And we're talking about 1977. She talked about Bill, and she knew that he died of a hemorrhage. He died in the house, and he died in that chair. So the whole episode of Bill in the chair is mm-hmm. actually part of the actual haunting. She knew all those details. Nobody else knew that. They actually had to find Bill's son, long lost son, to tell them, oh, yeah, my father did die in that house, in that chair, from a hemorrhage. And it's 1977. Like, right now, we can just go ahead and, like, go online and just find records for everybody. But at this time, how did she find out? Well, I mean, the skeptic in the movie did say she could have heard it from a neighbor. Exactly. Um, that's one of the things. According, you know, to the son, it was something that, you know, the dad was not very... Um, popular? He was not popular. <laughs> and he was, like, always in the house. So it was kind of like a thing that... And then we're talking about, remember, this is England. You don't tell your dirty secrets to anybody, right? Because... That's not proper. Um, that was, I was like, I'm interested. So go back to the whole thing. Years later, the girls actually say that 2%, the girls are older, you know, have a couple of interviews here and there. And a final interview, I think it was actually like a whole bunch of years. They said, well, we did fake 2% of the whole content, which I think at the end, it kind of like discredits the whole thing. Like, okay, 2% was it 2%, was it 98%, you're doing the math wrong. Um, but there's things that they still cannot be explained how the knowledge. So the conclusion kind of sort of is that there was probably really something going on in there. There was some activities that could not be explained. However, it seems that Janet was the main focus of attention and she really liked the attention. So it seems that they just kind of like, you know, make it lag for her to get the attention that she wanted, that she was not getting because the poor thing was, you know, the second child, third child. Second. Second yeah. child, right? So supposedly it is stops and ends as it started. 19 months and that's it. Everybody goes home. Nothing ever happens to them again. But this is still one of the most interesting cases. And the funny thing is, like, how did Ed and Lorraine came along? Um, so Lorraine never made it to London. It was just Ed that he came one day unannounced. And this is one of, like, you know, um, Mr. Gross and Guy saying that he just came unannounced, knocked on the door and said, I hear there's some haunting coming out here. So he goes in, spends one day in the house, comes out in a head and, you know, tells the two guys, there's definitely a haunting going on. That is for sure a possession. And you could make a lot of money with this story. And he left. 
that's as much as the Warrens were involved in this hunting. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> it's like, it's a gold mine! Yes! <laughs> start writing a book! Which actually they did, but it was, yeah. They wrote a book about the Enfield hunting? They did! There and they were there? Oh, that's so it was annoying. A, it came out in 1980, and it, yeah, it was uh, wrote by um, Guy... Uh, but well, guy play fair, and it was something about. He was the journalist. Uh, he was one of the people. No, one of the two guys that spent the nineteen months there in the house. Oh, he was okay. One well, of the guys. He, that was one. Who, yeah. when he was there the whole time. Yeah, yeah he I was find. there the whole time. I mean, you know, it's he's like, like I'm taking that advice straight yes. to the bank. <laughs> he did. I'm gonna, but it was really. That's what everyone talked like in the seventies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually it was really interesting because then I was reading all these things, and it was kind of like you know people were you know comments and here and there about like why weren't these two guys you know gross and play fair more. In the movie, and they were just kind of like this background, you know, uh, kind of like mocking characters. And uh, and then Ed, you know, Ed and Lorraine took everything, you know, it just uh, goes around them. But, uh, I mean... We can't really blame them for what the movie did. They're super dead. I am sorry, but I have to, and I'm going to have to, I really have to make a, a division between how much I love Ed and Lorraine in, from yeah. The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. I adore them. And how I really despise the real Warrens the real because they're just, like, not good people. But I do love the Warrens in the movies. Yeah. Random aside, though, like, sometimes I do, uh, I go down, like, Reddit, mm-hmm. you know, what's it called? Threads? Yeah. Well, yeah, threads, but, like, they call it, like, the rabbit hole, and that's it. Uh-huh. And people are talking about, like, what a, like, yeah, sure, make some stuff, but also, like, super generous, always donating, or mm-hmm. when she was alive, donated money to, like, different causes, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. took stuff, to money, like, took food to, like, like, um, food banks, all sorts of things, and I was like, oh, like, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of interesting, Maybe they weren't, you know? like, exaggerating and inflating these stories out of, like, um, malice, but out of delusion. Possibly. To, or yeah, maybe, maybe like they just were so full of themselves that they actually did believe that there was something going on, but they oh, just it's like, like they were fervently bigger. faithful people. Yeah, oh, that is possible. Yeah. That Strict they Roman Catholic. They yeah, were very, yeah. very, very religious yeah. people. So maybe, that's, maybe they really. Yeah. I mean, they weren't actually, at least not consciously, trying to manufacture things or rip people off or take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I mean, they didn't they charge people to come and thing, see, yeah. like I mean, whatever. Yeah. So. But they did write books and make money that way. That's true. And even though so, things were a hoax, they never, you know, yeah. retracted. They never retracted. There was never even a retraction. They always, like, fervently them. stood by what they said. By what they said, Just like yeah. Trump. Just like Trump. Never retracted anything. I find them very interesting, though. Like, they're at least compelling and interesting. Like, I'm always interested to read about them and, and hear yeah. what people have to say. Or uh, if people had, like, one-on-one interactions with them mm-hmm. before they pass away I'm always like oh I, that's that's wild you know but is Judy still alive is she at mm-hmm. all a public yeah. figure like has she ever uh, written anything or not a public figure as far as I could see yeah given has given some interviews talking yeah. about her parents um mm-hmm. yeah but I doubt that she had experienced seeing 
that's portrayed in the movies. <laughs> so, I mean, if but, you guys yeah. are interested in this case, the real one, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of footage on on YouTube, and I was like, of course, going through the rabbit hole, and I was like, oh, let's cook this, let's cook that. I don't know where I ended up, but it was just very. And she's like, look, that dog can surf. Look at that. I wish it would have been deserved. It was like something else. But then there's even interviews with Lorraine and Ed Warren, which I find them endearing because they really believe what they say. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have okay. a soft spot for them. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that research. I I only knew what I had listened to on last podcast and yeah. left on their like series about the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I knew that my, yeah. that my favorite murder did a mm-hmm. did an episode on yeah. it too, and that was the you know source of all of my information on the true story. Yeah, so mm-hmm. thank you for doing the deep dive. Yo, welcome. <laughs> You're a Marcus Parks. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, the podcast. Like, I'm like, I never made that. I'm like, you do it. <laughs> oh, I'll just be snarky and be like, I didn't like no, I it. Didn't. <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> it was boring. I took a nap. Mm, I know. I took Change a little cat naps. No, I'm not Lorena. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on, I guess you said kind of earlier off. Mike, it would re- essentially be very similar. Like your child, would you show this oh, to your yeah. children? Recommendation? Parent, parent angle for this. Um, you know, we've already I've already given the rundown for The Conjuring, and as we go through all of the movies, um, the the eight movies total in this universe, I think that it's all going to be pretty um, relative. This again, this is rated R for terror and horror mm-hmm. violence, just like. Um, Conjuring 1 was. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb did give it a severe rating for frightening and intense scenes and a moderate rating for violence and gore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Common Sense Media um, gave it a age 16 plus. Kids mm-hmm. said 13 plus, like kids mm-hmm. did for Conjuring. But oddly, the parent consensus for this one was 11 plus. So I think somebody I went in there and like padded the voting or something. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. My parents won't let me watch this. <laughs> I'm gonna like, give it a whole bunch of these. Eight so many eight-year-olds. I guess they hated their children. Yeah. They're like, you have to watch it. They're like, this one's really wholesome. It's got a it's got a crooked man in it. The crooked man. Um, but yeah, it, all of these movies, you know, even though it's, this is early on in our Conjuring project, you know, we can say it, is there. There's no nudity. There's no sex. There's very limited swearing of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very limited blood and gore, um, although it is present here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a lot of, like, violence per se. Like, you know, there's no gun violence. There's no mm-hmm. fisticuffs. You know, obviously there's there's violent interactions between people and spirits and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, none of that really exists. And so f- that eliminates a lot of, I think, concerns for parents evaluating a movie for their kids. But all of these movies are really, really scary. Oh, Some more so than others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But across However, the board, they are not, as you said, you called it breaking your scary cherry. You can't. Like, this, like, this is, is not. not a starter this is scary for the movie for a young person. Like, mm-hmm. This is for the horror movie connoisseurs that have yeah. watched everything. You could like, yeah. entertain me. Grace, uh, Grace has seen all of them. I think we started when she was probably 11. Um, and she found them all very scary. Um she rewatched the first one with me before we did the recording for the first one. She initially declined rewatching the second one because she remembered it being so scary, but then she ended up watching like the last 20 minutes of it with me today, but it was like broad daylight out in the living room. So 
like kind of it's not um, scary yeah mm-hmm. so um yeah she definitely found them scary but because of her overexposure you know like the big callus mm-hmm. that we've built up on her um it doesn't keep her up at night would mm-hmm. you say that this the conjuring 2 is more frightening than the first one um i think that it depends on what scares you i think for little kids this one might be more frightening because there's more mm-hmm. isolated visual images that are mm-hmm. scary you have the face of the nun you have janet's face yes. and she's possessed you have the face of bill you have the crooked mm-hmm. man um all of those visuals whereas in the conjuring there might have been more kind of story in there but yeah. there aren't those like isolated Incidents. inhuman mm-hmm. insidious like um traits they're mm-hmm. they're scary people and there's the witch in the first yep. one who's you know freaky looking yep. but that's something completely separate from like the crooked man yeah. in this one mm-hmm. and i think for an adult like the witch might be scarier but for a child something like the crooked man that almost looks like an animated character is, somehow yeah. um mm-hmm. would would be kind of scarier to them yeah. and i also go back to the fact that you watch the first one and then you go to the theater because this is back when we used to go to the movies right <laughs> and you oh i know what's going to happen because you think it's going to be the repeat like formula the as the first one but while well, you have all these new things like you right. know you have the nun and you have the same thing so as an adult, you will be scared you will, because it's something you're not prepared. And yeah. for a child, I think it's not It's not the first one to start no. with or the second or the third. I mean, yeah. no. It's, so I wouldn't gauge no. it by age. I would no. gauge it by how many scary movies has your kid already watched and mm-hmm. enjoyed. By mm-hmm. resistance. I think also the first Conjuring, a lot of it's met, left to your, your imagination a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. And the older you are, the more context you have to make those things seem exactly. scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like in the first one when Caroline... Carolyn's kind of trapped in the basement. And she's like pounding on the door, mm-hmm. and as a viewer, we can't see what she's what experiencing. She's saying, but you are, yeah. you but you can imagine it. Yeah, that exactly. it's freaking scary. Yeah, and then yeah, and this one you're yeah. like Valak, her face when it's like yeah. all the teeth and everything. It's all right there, right yeah. in your face. And like, no imagination required. And honestly, I think that's what sometimes turns me off of mm-hmm. seems like of movies. I'm just like okay, like. Like the end when they just be like, oh, okay, now you're yeah. going to show me the stuff that I, I was imagining. I, mm. And like honing yeah. back, going back to my my uh, director, like, love. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Here them, we go. Here we go. <laughs> I think that's what I enjoy, though, a lot. Like stuff yeah. that's like on, in the periphery or not yeah. like blatant. Mm-hmm. So that's what always kind of, yeah. I, I really Because there's that. nothing worse than your imagination. You know? Oh, for and sure. And like whatever you're thinking has, of, it's yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah, and everybody has a different, you know, different, you know, different set of ideas that makes them terrifying. Like yeah. to us, it's like, you know, the most vile thing to other people is yeah. spiders. Well, that's why, yes. you know, dark is scarier than light because you don't know what's in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. And then you just go through your head. It could be anything. Yeah. And it could be anything. It could mm-hmm. just be the crooked man. It's a crooked man. I'm so, oh my god, that thing was scary. Yes. He walks a crooked man. He walked a crooked man. And you're like, he's gonna eat you. <laughs> like, well, I guess he is. I like the way the dope oh, no. hat on, though. Like, yeah, yes. that like purple fedora, like down over his eyes. He's like, yo, he's yo, like, yo, 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 yo. Yeah, like, the big clock around his neck, like flame of flame. Flame of flame. <laughs> he's oh, like, he what's up, Billy? <laughs> I'm here for you. Oh my god! Well, well very was... good recommendations. Good mm-hmm. discussion. I stand. Good movie. I stand by what I said. Yeah, but if you it's guys fine. like I mean, it, I don't awesome. think it's bad. No, 
I just don't think it's like exemplary. Yeah. Well, you're going to always <laughs> like have it. your least favorite out of a group. And, and this is, well, Mine. this probably isn't your least favorite. No, it's not. But, but we'll get to that another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this point in time, it was your least favorite. At this point, it is. I know. So I have to watch mm. the other one. Sorry. I suck on that. But I if do. you guys think of like a, a movie that we should watch, maybe they should send an email and tell us what we should talk about. Send us accolades. Please. Compliments, Compliments and suggestions. And suggestions. suggestions. Whatever the negative movies. thing. Always think, will my uh-huh. mom read this and how will she feel? So before you do anything like that, think about Send it. Send it to Mailer Demon. <laughs> <laughs> think about, will my mom approve of this? Yes. So if she doesn't, don't send it to us. In our next episode, we are talking about Annabelle. So if it has been a while since you've last seen it, give it a watch. If you've never seen it, check it out. Okay, see you next time. <laughs>